Slava Jesus Christus, Slava Navika, glory be to Jesus Christ, glory be forever. This is Father Basil again, and throughout this Lenten season, I'm going to be doing these talks about the Old Testament um, prophets, the Old Testament famous people that we know about from our Bible stories from our youth. So, of course, I've talked about Adam and Eve. I've talked about um, Moses. I've talked about Abraham. I've talked about um, also um the story of uh, of King David. And today I'm going to talk about um, the story of Joseph and his brothers. Now not this is not the Joseph that who was the earthly father of Jesus. This was Joseph from the Old Testament. So if you know the story, Jacob, who was the son of Isaac, who was, and Jacob was also the grandson of Abraham, Jacob had 12 sons. And uh, the, young, uh, the second youngest was Joseph. And Joseph was deemed the favorite of the sons. And the other brothers, the older brothers of Joseph, became very jealous of him. And eventually, they uh, sold their brother to um, foreigners who took him to Egypt. So he was basically sold as a slave. And then they made a story up to their father Jacob that Joseph was killed by wild animals. And God blessed Joseph, who was you know, in Egypt in a foreign land, and he became a very powerful official for the king there. And because he was a powerful official, he uh, gained a lot of prestige in Egypt and, and you know, did a lot of things for the Pharaoh, solved a lot of problems, and so forth and so forth. So what happened is that Eventually, uh, there was a great famine in the land where Joseph's brothers lived with Jacob. And there was no food. So their father asked them to go to Egypt to get some grain. And it, it happened to be that um, Joseph was the one who was in charge of those affairs in Egypt. And he recognized his brothers immediately 
when they came to Egypt to look for grain. And he, um, he, he wanted to test their love, their obedience, I guess, to God. And he, he did a little you know, uh, trick for them where when they took everything home with them, uh, you know, first of all, he asked them to bring his younger son, ben, Benj- uh, his youngest brother, Benjamin, and then he he pretended to hide a, a golden goblet, a very precious item, in one of their bags as they was going home. And then um, you know he he sent the officials after them to arrest them, and brought them back. And he was going to tell them, well, you know, you can all go, but Benjamin has to stay with me and become, you know, my servant basically. And this is where the story uh, continues. Uh, One of the oldest brothers, Judah, uh, this is what Judah said. Sir, you have as much power as the king himself, and I'm only your slave. Please don't get angry if I speak. You asked us if our father was still alive and if we had any more brothers. So we told you our father is very a very old man. In fact, he was already old when Benjamin was born. Benjamin's brother is dead. Now Benjamin is the only one of the two brothers who is still alive, and our father loves him very much. You ordered us to bring him here so you could see him for yourself. We told you that our father would die if Benjamin left him, but you warned us that we would could never see you again unless our youngest brother came with us. So we returned to our father and reported what you had said. Later, our father told us to come back here and buy more grain. But we answered, we can't go back to Egypt without our youngest brother. We will never be let in to see the governor unless he is with us. Sir, our father then reminded us that his favorite wife had given birth to two sons. One of them was already missing and had not been seen for a long time. My father thinks the boy was torn to pieces by some wild animal. And he said, I am an old man. If you take Benjamin from me and something happens to him, I will die of a broken heart. That's why Benjamin must be with us when I go back to my father. He loves him so much that he will die if Benjamin doesn't come back with me. I promised my father that I would bring him safely home. If I don't, I told my father he could blame me for the rest of my life. Sir, I am your slave. Please let me stay here in place of Benjamin and let him return home with his brothers. How can I face my father if Benjamin isn't with me? I couldn't bear to see my father in such sorrow. Since Joseph can no longer control his feelings in front of his servants, he sent them out of his room. Then he was alone with his brothers. He told them, I am Joseph. Then he cried so loudly that the Egyptians heard him and told about it in the king's palace. Joseph asked his brothers if his father was still alive, but they were too frightened to answer. Joseph told them to come closer to him, and when they did, he said, Yes, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. Don't worry or blame yourselves for what you did. God is the one who sent me ahead of you to save lives. There has already been a famine for two years and for five more years. 
No one will plow fields or harvest grain. But God sent me on ahead of you to keep your families alive and to save you in this wonderful way. After all, you weren't really the ones who sent me here. It was God. He made me the highest official in the king's court and placed me all over Egypt. Now hurry back and tell my father that his son Joseph says, God has made me ruler of Egypt. Come here as quickly as you can. You will live near me in the region of Goshen with your children and grandchildren, as well as with your sheep, goats, cattle, and everything else you own. I will take care of you there during the next five years of famine. But if you don't come, you and your family and your animals will starve to death. All of you, including my brother Benjamin, can tell by what I have said that I'm really, uh, I really am Joseph. Tell my father about my great power here in Egypt and about everything you have seen. Hurry and bring him here. Joseph and Benjamin hugged each other and started crying. Joseph was still crying as he kissed each of his other brothers. After this, they started talking with Joseph. When it was told in the palace that Joseph's brothers had come, the king and his officials were happy. So the king said to Joseph, Tell your brothers to load their donkeys and return to Canaan. Have them bring their father and their families here. I will give them the best land in Egypt, and they can eat and enjoy everything that grows in it. Also tell your brothers to take some wagons from Egypt for their wives and children to ride in, and be sure to have them bring their father. They can leave their possessions behind because they will be given the best of everything in Egypt. Jacob's sons agreed to do what the king had said, and Joseph gave them wagons and food for the trip home, just as the king had ordered. Joseph gave some new clothes to each of his brothers, but to Benjamin he gave five new outfits and 300 pieces of silver. To his father, he sent ten donkeys loaded with the best things in Egypt, and ten other donkeys loaded with grain and bread and other food for the return trip. Then he sent his brothers off and told them, Don't argue on the way home. Joseph's brothers left Egypt, and when they arrived in Canaan, they told their father that Joseph was still alive and was the ruler of Egypt. But their father was so surprised that he could not believe them. Then they told him everything Joseph had said. When he saw the wagons Joseph had sent, he felt much better and said, now I can believe you. My son Joseph must really be alive, and I will get to see him before I die. Wow, what a wonderful story. You know, this is a story about forgiveness. This is a story about, you know, healing in relationships. What Joseph's brothers did, obviously, was wrong what Joseph's brothers did to him was evil and Joseph did not repay evil with evil he could have easily got revenge on his brothers and had them arrested in Egypt had them serve him as slaves even had them killed for what they did. But he knew that God 
had given him that authority in Egypt to make things better. So I think that's the lesson of the story. Of course, about forgiveness, we always have to forgive. We always have to be kind to each other. But even more than forgiveness, it's about using the positions that God has given to us to make the world better. How many opportunities do we have in our life to help one another in this world? And oftentimes because of our selfishness, because we're only thinking about our own needs, we forget about those around us. And that's the problem in our world today, you know? As Christians, as Catholics, as people of God, we have the obligation to always help those in need. And it's not just, you know, financial help. Not all of us are rich. Not all of us have the financial resources to give people money. But it's about helping them through their situations they have in life. Through prayer. Praying for people constantly. Pray, pray, pray. You know, volunteering to, to visit them, to talk with them when they are sad and lonely. You know, it's, it's really difficult for, you know, this one priest in a parish to have to visit every single person all the time. We need to visit each other. We need to help each other out. We need to take care of one another. We have to treat each other as an extended family. This is what we have to do. Because if we forget about doing that, if we forget about helping one another grow in the closeness of God, we are not doing our job as Christians. We are not doing it. You know, we are so worried about money all the time. We're always worried about how much money we have and what we can buy and what we can get. And that's, you know, God knows what we need in the material things. He knows what we need to survive in this world. We have to also reflect upon our souls. We have to reflect upon what God has given to us in this world and how are we going to share it with one another. And, you know, especially to those people like Joseph, and again in this story, he could have easily said to his brothers, well, from what you've done to me to give me such grief in my life I'm not going to give you any grain you can all starve to death you can all just go away from me I don't want to see you he could have easily told them that but no he showed mercy he showed forgiveness he showed love he showed compassion so it's not we have to 
think beyond what are we going to get from other people. You know, we often are thinking, well, what is that person going to give to me? Why should I spend any time with that person? If I'm not going to get any money from them, if I'm not going to get any possessions, you know, I'm not, there's no reason for me to spend time with that person. This is how our world makes us think. Time is money, don't you know? That, that There's that saying, time is money. If you're not using your time to make money, then you're wasting your time. Well, God's time is way beyond money. God doesn't need our money. God doesn't need our piddly little possessions in this world. What God needs is our love. What God needs is our souls. That's what God needs. He created us to be with him. And we can never forget that. So the story of Joseph and his brothers and you know his forgiveness to them, his mercy to them, his sharing of his wealth with them, this is what we have to do. We can't just, you know, uh, hoard all our resources for ourselves. Can't do that. Because in the end, God's going to judge us for what we've done in this life. God's going to judge us for every single action we've done. And he's going to ask us, what have you done with the resources I've given you? What have you done? And what are we going to answer him? That's something we have to think about. God bless you. Have a good day.